Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast. Back again, episode 49. We're up to, can you believe it? 49. Um, I'm going to have to start again because I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast. Of course, it's the pod named after the fact that in Australia, you have to stay up all night if you want to watch European football. Uh, episode 49. We're up to. We've been doing this nearly a year. We're closing in on our uh, our first birthday. Um, one of our mates, old uh, Todders, fellow fellow Adelaide United fan and back row dweller at Highmark Stadium, Tommy. If you're listening to this, um, he they started a pod. Heaps about nothing. Go check it out. It's good. Um, but they read out a stat, and I'm hoping that they do the same amount of research as we do, which would be. Lots, nothing. Ninety um, percent of pods don't get past episode three. There you go, and we're up to episode forty-nine. So there you go. A, a further nine percent don't get past episode twenty-one, or some shit like that. What are we on? What are we on again, Tom? What episode are we up to? Uh, somehow it's forty-nine. 49. What do you think that's? What do you think that says for us? Uh, it says we are sad people with no lives, and this is what <laughs> we do to fill our void. Anyway, I was going to ask you, welcome welcome on board again for another week. How do you think we should plan our first birthday? What should we do? Like all good first birthdays are spent at McDonald's. McDonald's, right? yeah. Where was your first birthday? Do you, know, do you know? I can't recall, but I would love to go to <laughs> Sorsby Maccas again. <laughs> I want to go to Sorsby Maccas if they've still got that tram in the car park. <laughs> It's just the most random addition to any McDonald's you could think of, but kind of iconic as well. Anyone that that's obviously, yeah, was it a train carriage? It was a train carriage. Was a tram carriage or a train carriage? I've got a feeling it was one of the old tram. What's the difference, man? Oh, okay. That went from like Victoria Square to Glenelg back in the day. Obviously, they still do, but they're different trams. We should ask them. Yeah. <laughs> and then hire them. We should go birthday. back there. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's not there anymore. We should track it down and that's what we can do for our first birthday. Yeah. And then we can all have like we'll still get Maccas though. And we can all have like a cheeseburger meal on it. All our yeah, listeners exactly. are welcome. Come along, we'll shout you a cheeseburger meal. I don't know what toys we, Maccas do these days, but you'll get one. Don't worry about it. It's some Disney associated bullshit I'm I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Should we talk about football since it's apparently a football pod? Um, yeah. I'll start by uh, asking you this. How moist does James Ward-Prowse make you? Uh, exceptionally. Almost as moist as uh, Novak Djokovic getting deported from the country makes me. Oh, we don't need All to of it. That. <laughs> we don't need a touch on that. It's been touched on. You know, what? I actually don't have any opinion either way. I don't really care. But James Ward-Prowse. Insane. 12 free kicks now. He has banged in in the Premier League. Is there anyone better than him, do you think? Uh, not currently playing. I wouldn't have thought. In, in the world? In the world, like currently playing in the world. Yeah. Uh, probably not. Like, not that consistent, I don't think. There's been a few in the past, obviously. But right now, oh, don't, I mean, there's probably some bloke running around in like, for amateur league yeah. that can put one Aside in from, from anywhere that. but you know i can't think of any current professional that has that just going through the numbers uh obviously optus sport posted a video with every single one of his free kicks in the premier league 
Does he have other? Does he have more free kicks that weren't haven't been in the Premier League? Maybe. I'm not sure. I didn't read that he did. No. Nah, could have researched it. Didn't. He, Whatever. He did play. He played for them in the championship, but I don't think he yeah. did score a free kick. Anyway, game. two against uh, West Brom, two against Man United, two against Watford, two against Villa, one against each of. Palace, Newcastle, Spurs, and obviously the Ripper on the weekend against Wolves from oh the best one from a, from a different city. He scored that. Yeah, <laughs> he was at the Hawthorns. That's <laughs> <laughs> he was at West Brom. Uh, yeah, cracker. Uh, what? Yeah, what a ridiculous human being uh, over the set piece. In that video, there's just like such there's a there's a ton all over the place as well. It doesn't have to be from one singular angle. Yeah, which I think. Leads the question now, is he a better free kick taker than David Beckham? Will we overtake his record? He's the one with 18 sitting at top. Ooh, I hope he does. It'd be good. He's got enough yeah. time to do it. And yeah. the way the Prem goes, you get a lot of free kicks. So, uh, Yeah, well, slide tackles are dead and you can uh, any contact is a foul these days. So uh, good luck to you, James Wapras. Fill your boots up. Obviously, um, not just his like free kick. As we're marveling at his free kick ability right now, but um, overall, as a footballer, absolute gun. He is pretty handy. Yeah, he's a captain, isn't he? They obviously, I believe have, so now. Yeah, he, yeah, they've got huge, huge respect for him, and he, he's the box to box midfielder of the year after. Um, you know, is there a reason why one of the big six clubs hasn't thought to pick him up? Like, will we ever get to the point where it would be like the NFL where we have set-piece specialists, like guys just in the team to take dead ball situations and score from them? Could he be the first? No. Because like I just said, he's a better player than just taking free kicks and set-pieces. So uh, I wonder then why no one's come in for him. I don't know. I guess just sometimes those players go under the radar, or a club like South South Southampton, Southampton. <laughs> a club like Southampton has had like some sort of mini stroke there. But <laughs> club like Southampton, no, you're just emulating their accent. Yeah, well, I don't know what accent they have down south of London. Like no, but that that's what it is. I'm telling you, that's what it is. Southampton. Yeah, I think you're wrong. Challenge it. But yeah, he um. I don't know why no one would have come in for him, but maybe Southampton, like like maybe like the Zaha thing, where the club just places so much value in him that they just kind of keep him around. No one can really, no one really wants to risk the money on him. But I don't know, maybe maybe Newcastle will come through and have a crack soon. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting point. They would be the prime club to do something like that as well. Yeah, that's one for you. But yeah, no great player. I enjoy watching Ward Prowse play, irrespective of his free kick goals. <laughs> it was a uh, shame he was on the on the losing team. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, um, Southampton lost their way a little bit. Oh, they're a weird team, a really weird team, Southampton, where they they've got like two nine nil losses under this coach. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I think they have. And they go through runs where they look like probably the worst team in the country, and then all of a sudden they look like they could beat anyone on their day. Yeah, then they'll snap back and get a point away at Man United. Or it, yeah, they're a bizarre team. I don't know what it is. Is it because I don't follow them so closely? Could be a fluctuation of injuries and stuff like that. But maybe they're just more suited to play some teams and less suited to play other teams. And they're just prepared to go balls to the wall, finish 14th every season, taking the Premier League revenue, whatever. Yeah, fair enough. 
Do you have anything on Wolves before we move on? They are like quietly moving up the table while not really doing anything spectacular, I think. I think they're up to eighth now. New manager. Yeah, um, they've I think new goalkeeper. Hugely impressive. Hugely. Yeah, they've strung a few strung a few together. It, well, it feels like they have. Um beating Southampton, I think a lot of people maybe tipped Southampton to win that. I don't know. I, I did anyway. Um but Wolves just I don't know, they're a bit of a turn in form. We talked about last, last season they were pretty putrid, but they were probably a bit uh underdone with having so many or overdone having so many games to play because they had that ridiculous run where they had to go through Europa qualifiers, yeah, play the Premier season. League season. You have two cup, two domestic cups in the Premier League, uh, in the English season for some reason. Don't know why you need two domestic cups. Um, and then so obviously everyone the can lose as well. to Man City. Yeah, so everyone gets a chance to lose to Man City. It's fair. <laughs> All right. Our man, Big Raff, gone. Gone, Everton I know. sacked a coach. Ugh. Norwich won a game of football. Which is the more surprising here, Benitez sacked or Norwich winning a game? Definitely Norwich winning the game. Benitez yeah. was dangling on a knife's edge for a while now. I, I mean, it is so typical of Everton's form for them to go crashing out uh, against Norwich like that. Yep. No, they. I've are, got some. Yeah, go on then. I was just going to just talk about how shit they are and how many times I've tuned into an Everton game this year and they've been absolutely disgusting to watch. <laughs> I was just, I had some, I had Benitez's record at Everton here. Uh, he had 22 games in charge, seven wins, 10 defeats, uh, win rate obviously of 31.8%, 200 days in charge exactly. Uh, probably the worst stint he's ever had at a club. It'd be right up there. Um, joins a, a long list of dudes that have come and gone in that role at Everton now that are like previously really big names. You know, like Ancelotti, obviously. Ancelotti gone. being one. Uh, Koeman. Yeah. Not so We're big not a manager name, but, you know, player. Yeah. I know. It's, uh, I think they had five managers in six years or something like that. So Everton are just on a downward slump and... There's been lots of pot shots in the media coming from the outside in saying it's, you know, it's more than just the managers like Raf is doing all he can, you know, selling Luca Digne to, <laughs> to Villa and then getting the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah. That, um, some of the, that, that, <laughs> there was that little message that came through the other week. Uh, someone had messaged Luca saying that like uh, Raf is an idiot or something. Hmm. And I don't know if it was real, but it showed Luca replying, Lucas, Luca, I don't know, replying to them saying, saying, yeah, he's got no, no idea, no tactics, fat idiot, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he ruined, he ruined the love affair. And, yeah. you know, maybe that is down to him. It just, it looks like something rotten to the, to the core of the club at the moment. And it's not good news because they're moving into a fancy new stadium soon and, you know, if you're going to be contesting down, get dragged down into this relegation royale that we could be looking at. Yep. Not great. Not great. And, and it's a squad that's they've they've kind of invested too in this squad. Yeah. Over the last few seasons. To, and there's nothing what do they to have show to show for. It. for? Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely nothing. Um Norwich winning upsets me as well. Like because you want to see them relegated. <laughs> oh yeah, I want them dead bottom. Like <laughs> we'll get to it a bit later, but I like, can we relegate four teams this year? 
It would be nice. We should do it. I think Let's it's deserving. It. Let's start a petition. Change.org. <laughs> Can we relegate four teams? How many do you need to get it before UK Parliament? It's not many. It's like 100,000 or something. I don't even know what you're talking about there. but Well, if you actually wanted to get them relegated, you could take it before Parliament and make it a like a oh, legislative act. Yeah, yeah right. That's, that change.org has a lot of sway, man. They should just do the right thing and... Uh... <laughs> And just do it on, just on our behalf. Cut four teams. Yeah. And the championship can have like, don't bring anyone up either. Just have like 28 team championship. <laughs> have a 16 team Premier League. I don't know. Less shit games. Are you trying to say that Blackburn, Fulham and or Middlesbrough at all would be shit to come up? Come on. I you don't, don't want to see I'm not saying up. that. No, I don't know. I don't know. But I just, I'm just done with, I'm done with Burnley. I'm yeah. done with well, Newcastle. I'm done it's with not- Norwich. And I'm done with Watford. We might as well just jump to that next game now. Um, Newcastle, Watford. Uh, oh, my God. I watched this Saturday night. Why did I watch this? I don't know. There wasn't exactly You hate a, yourself, don't you? It wasn't exactly a glorious <laughs> pick of games to watch Saturday night mm-hmm. at oh. this time. So this is on the back of uh, a Man City-Chelsea game that was just... Completely crap, which we can talk about in a sec. But firstly, Newcastle-Watford, just as crap as that game. Um, It was basically Newcastle just crossing the ball in. They had all the ball, just crossing it in, but not really looking too dangerous. And just kind of half chances in the air that were just going wider off target. Although, you know, a better better players would have scored them. Um, Eddie Howe said after the game that he was pretty... Devastated with it because he thought they deserved the three points. And I think he knows how much they needed the three points. You can say you deserve three points because you had all the ball, but if you're not going to put a chance away, if you're like, oh, if you're that bad, and then you go and concede anyway, like just get out, get out of the league, fuck off. So, what, Chris Wood didn't have the immediate impact he was supposed to? Stop. Please stop. Oh. How, many, how many minutes did he get? He started. He started. Okay. Yeah. Good. So just walk straight in. Yeah. Well, as he, well, who are you going to play there? Like, you know, I guess 25 million pounds. Wilson. Mm. Mm. Joel Linton. Anyway. Well, Joel Linton's basically Angola Kante these days anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Reborn. Yeah. I don't know if you saw any of this game or if you've got any thoughts on either of these two sides, but Christ, it's tough. No, it's grim. They're just, they're dog shit, man. And like, Leeds are playing Newcastle this weekend. And you would think if Leeds can get three points, Newcastle are in all sorts of trouble. Because from here on in, they don't really play any of the bottom five sides. Yep. And, and they're, already, all... they're already 19th. Like, yeah, they still only have one win, don't they? Or are they bottom now that Norwich won? Nah, Burnley no, are Burnley bottom. Are, Burnley they've are. got a bunch of games <laughs> in hand. Yeah, that's right. Dice the maniac. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, I just want these four teams gone. I don't know which one. I guess, like, I wouldn't mind seeing Newcastle survive just to see what happens next season. Mm-hmm. But I also don't really care enough to kind of hope they do. I mean, it'd be just as interesting if they were relegated and had all this money. Like, I reckon it'd be more interesting. And imagine how fun it would be to play on Fever. Well, what happens with like a player like player like Q and Trippier get loaned out because they can't afford to pay him in the championship or? Like, because of like yeah. FFP, FFP stuff, or like what happens there? 
Because I reckon, imagine I reckon. winning La Liga and then playing in the championship. <laughs> I think you know you would join the club with an inkling that it could happen. Maybe they made assurances that it would never happen, and you may get loaned out somewhere. Or you know maybe there's an exemption clause that they can claim on some sort of guarantee that they're going to pay it regardless. And you know they would have some expectation to go straight back up if they could maintain every player that they have on their roster. It wouldn't happen exactly like that, but you know if they went down, you could see them coming straight back up. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. It would be it would be way more fun to see them go down. Um, we'll know a lot more by the end of the weekend uh, because Wednesday Watford are playing Burnley and uh, Watford then have Norwich on Saturday as well. So all the bottom sides get to tangle at the moment. Juicy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Who do you juicy. reckon? Who's, who's uh, staying up? Who's staying up out of those four? Yeah. Uh, Watford. Watford. Do you think Everton could get dragged into it? Uh, maybe they'll get the new manager kind of bounce. Yeah, the Roberto their, Martinez. Effect. Their squad is also like not bad. It's not no, great, it's but it's not like way bad. more stable. Um, yeah, they're much more stable. I think maybe Watford out of all those sides, Newcastle looked heaps better than Watford, but I still think what Watford maybe just I don't know. They still play alright at home. They can get results. Burnley, hope hopefully they go. Norwich, eh, they suck. So I don't. I can't see them getting out. Well, it doesn't really matter with Norwich because even if they go down, they'll be back two years later. We'll see you in 2024. Excellent. Yeah. 23, Fantastic. whatever. Who cares? New and improved Canaries. <laughs> Fuck out of here. All right. There was one good game Saturday night. Uh, the early hours of Sunday morning. Uh, Aston Villa hosting Man United. Did you catch this one? What are your thoughts? Big Coutinho. I, or little Coutinho. Little Coutinho, the magician. Yeah. He's back. No, it was just another... I didn't see it, but I got to wake up in the morning and have another giggle at a Man United lead thrown away. <laughs> it's sustaining me right now. Uh, Coutinho was just magic, wasn't he? Off the bench, 16 minutes, goal and an assist. Um, but you know, I think who really stole the show was Jacob Ramsey. Now, he looks like the complete good. player. Yeah, he looked he? good. Um, this, this Villa squad overall are pretty fun. Like, um, on paper, they're pretty solid all over the park now. Um, Gerard seems to be quite a good coach as well. Coming across from Rangers, he he just he seems to get this good flowing, really attacking style of football going, and that's what Villa are doing right now. Like the likes of like Buendia, they got Danny Ings up front for God's sake. Danny Ings, the king. Um, I fucking love Danny Ings. Personal love affair, hey. Yeah, love him. <laughs> And now, uh, like Leon Bailey coming in, they got in the off season, and now bringing in like Felipe Coutinho. Their midfield's got like John McGinn in it, who's a gun. Um, good side, good fun side to watch. Yeah, good side. He's almost bringing back that um, fluid, but also the rigidity of the four four two Liverpool used to play. Um, and it's just it's he's emulating it and it's working really well. So we'll see where Villa can go with this. He's obviously a manager with huge potential. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Adaptable maybe, guy. Maybe he can try and get himself that long-awaited uh, Premier League medal that he never got. <laughs> you had to throw that dig in, didn't you? I just had right to squeeze it end. in. Well, United fans will have enjoyed that little dig because now we can shit on them. What is the deal with this club and the the, the fanfare around Radnick? In what way? 
why is he meant to be some sort of footballing savior? Well, he's the Godfather, right? He's the one that influenced all the guys, all the all the Klops and the the Tuchels and the. Did he? Is that right? Yeah, supposedly. Supposedly, his resume wouldn't suggest so. <laughs> it's yeah. People say it's similar to like the Bielsa situation where he hasn't really won anything, but he's had this resounding cultural effect on coaching in in his region. He's like the the guy that made Germany heavy metal football and stuff like that. Apparently, is I've he doing to, it with United? No, I've got no, to say, I've, I've got to say, I don't buy it, and uh, I don't. Like people love making these links. They love yeah, in the they media, story, especially. Man. Yeah, they love a good story like that. Um, I don't see it. I think they're just. This happens with every Man United manager. It's just like, oh wow, like like when they had Louis Louis Van Gaal, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, oh, he's a footballing genius because he subbed in a goalkeeper that was better at saving penalties for a penalty shootout. Oh, what a genius. What a gen- who would have thought you would want the That's better clever, penalty man. saver? Uh, yeah, pretty, is it? It doesn't happen that often. Come on, it's pretty clever. Please stop. <laughs> Why are you defending trying, United this week? Just trying to you know add some much needed balance to these to these United discussions. We'll get a Man United fan on one week. If there's any Man United fans out there listening to this, get in touch. Uh, they don't have the uh, courage to yeah, put come, their name no, come on. to the uh, come on. to their views here. Come we'll get, on. We'll get one on. We'll we'll play nice and you can uh, tell us why we're wrong. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And th- and then we can tell them why they're wrong and cut them off because it's our show. Done. This is our mic. Fuck you. Precisely. Power West- editing. West Ham played Leeds last night. Um, they did, didn't they? That you was fun. This? I did watch this. You would have watched this. This was pretty good. Doesn't happen often. Yeah, three crucial points for Leeds, kind of trying to break away from the swirling relegation drain that they were hanging over. Mm. Um, do you like that little analogy there? That was good. The, you know, the underwater volcano that's going to send everyone flying. Uh, that's a bit different to like sucking them down to the championship though. Like that's, that's not a smart analogy at all. No, I'm saying Leeds went flying because we won. Oh, okay. But yeah, we're flying, we're flying out of the mess. Leeds up and about um, West Ham, the opposite. They're having their drop away, as we all suspected they might at some point. Um, I'm just trying to find here. I had a buddy, I had a little thing about the players that were missing. I can't find it. So if you would like to talk about uh, no, nah, here it is. <laughs> Ad limit. So old mate David Moyes has been whinging about congestion and fixtures and not having players available. He was missing and Naturally, he was missing Ben Rama, uh, national selection, Mark Noble, Angelo Bonner, Thomas Suchek, and Kurt Zuma. They're all big parts of that West Ham side. They are, yeah. Leeds were missing. Paddy Bamford, Liam Cooper, Creswell, Gohart, Lorente, Phillips, Roberts, Shackleton. So I've had enough of people whinging about not having players. Yes. I'm wholeheartedly with you. We said this at the beginning of the whole COVID postponement debacle that unfolded. You know, you put no regulation in that, you know, people are going to take the piss and they're just, and they're going to refer to every bad result to overworked players, which I mean, they are, but in this circumstance, it's not fully utilizing your club 
which is the reason as to why you're not performing in these games. Like West Ham, they've been, you know, they've managed to maintain a, a pretty regular starting lineup. Every time we've played West Ham three times this season, and it's been regularly the same guys out there with one or two interchanged. You know, that's that's your problem. If you've got a good first 11 and that's all you can play, by all means. But when that becomes affected by COVID, there shouldn't be a cover. And Moyes saying this kind of thing. And I, the first thing he said after the game was the guys were tired because they had to play three games in seven days or whatever. And it's exactly what you said. Leeds are in the exact same position. This is some crap. Why, why are we even talking about it? Yeah. Um, it's getting ridiculous. We talked about it last week. It got more ridiculous this week. Uh, with, there was meant to be a North London derby postponed mm. because <laughs> apparently nice. all you need to do is do what Arsenal did. Just go and ask. Just go and ask. Say, oh, can you, can you postpone our game? And the league will say, oh, sure. Why not? You filled out an application. That's enough. We're off track from West Ham Leeds, but why Like, why do these clubs have reserves? Why do they have under-23 squads if we're not going to pick players? Like, just deal with it. If you're a player in that reserve squad or under-23s or 18s and you're looking at this situation thinking, well, if I can't get, get a gig now, when, when am I ever going to get a, like a position in this team? It would totally dishearten you and it just, it's a mockery of the academy system that they've set up in the United Kingdom. It makes no sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, do you have anything on the actual uh, West Ham Leeds game? Since that's what we were meant to talk about, but I thought this was the best Leeds performance all season. I'm not sure what you thought about it, but per, you know, personally, the fluidity of the play, you know, the way that we stretched West Ham, and the way that we adapted to the two injuries after 20 minutes, and were able to keep coming at them, you know, potentially should have had a fourth goal, and that would have sewn the game up. I just I thought Leeds were fully deserving of the result, and great to see Jack uh, Jack Trick Hatrickson getting a hat trick, three goals. Jackie Harridon, my boy. Yeah, uh, how many little different Jack Harrison names you want to work in there? Good Hattie, Leeds definitely worth their win. I thought I had this. I had both games on last night. It was on at the same time as Liverpool Brentford. I was keeping an eye on both, but Leeds definitely, yeah, just they dominated early. Kind of let West Ham back in it, but were just they were more clinical. Uh, they were more, they were probably braver, if you can say that. I think they looked braver. They were happy to take take West Ham on and really like just attack at them, even when they were under the pump, even when they were three two up and desperately needing three points. They were still bombing forward to get into the box to get their fourth goal to seal the game. Um, well worth their win, yeah. Yeah, brave is exactly how Bielsa described the team after the, the game. And yeah, I agree as well. You have to be adaptable in this in this league and you have to be able to throw players in like Lewis Bate, 19 years old on debut. Uh, Leo uh, Yelder, 19 years old on debut. And they both performed really, really well. Um, there was a little bit of a stir online about Bate being brought off after being a substitute on in the first half. What do you make of that? Do, is that? Is that like a disrespect to the player or is it just... It means nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> it means nothing. It's uh, if sometimes you have to do it. It's a thing. Some players can come on. Uh, he come on. In the, he came on in the first half as well for an injury, and they're obviously very cautious of managing the workload of a lot of young players. So it completely makes sense um, tactically as well. You know, just had to make a change. It's fine. He got the win, thanks to Jared Bowen's dumb chest. 
from the goal line in the last minute. Yep. Thank you, Jared Bowen. I appreciate it. He's facilitated leads doing the unthinkable and winning two games in a row. Yeah. 2022 so, is our bitch. I don't know if I'd go that far, but have it. Um, the other game last night, we'll just, just quickly touch on it, uh, was Liverpool-Brentford. Uh, pretty standard affair. Won't go into it, really, but Jurgen Klopp said during the week he was pretty keen for someone. He invited other players to score goals. He invited them. Oh, said, okay. Will you? Will you please come and score a goal now that Salah and Mane aren't here? And they came, they scored. There was, it was 3-0. Pretty routine, to be honest. Brentford never really looked too dangerous. Liverpool completely in control. Just was just a matter of when they could tuck away a goal or two. And they did. 3-0. Well done. Liverpool carry on. Um, the last game, which we touched on a little bit earlier, but it seems to have drifted from everyone's minds already, was the mind-numbingly boring uh, Manchester City one Chelsea nil Saturday night. Did you catch this? What are your thoughts? I did catch this, and it's it's funny that you know we have a little chat before we do this, and it's, we talk about some games that we watched and we liked. It did not come up once, and it has been totally just obliterated from my mind. Yeah, for a top of the table clash as well, like just so dull. Um, you said to me on the night, it reminded you of those. Remember, we had we had a pile of those massively hyped Chelsea versus Man United games a few seasons back. Uh, they were amped up well, for a few years. They were really amped up and would just be these dull, like boring affairs where neither team would score a goal. Um, we had a similar sort of thing. City got one, but mm. yeah, it was the one goal worth it? It was a pretty good goal. KDB. It was a good goal. Yeah, KDB is obviously brilliant, uh, but just the overall. I don't know. I guess as a a neutral in this situation, you wanted the league to be closer. So I kind of wanted Chelsea to really take it to them. I wasn't ever sure that Chelsea would be good enough to win it, but I would have liked to have seen them try. They didn't really even look like they tried. Like the second half, um, just, I don't know, it just seemed like a real lackluster effort considering it was a must-win fixture for Mm. them. Exactly. They just look so labored in their movement. And it's just the, the amount of um, miscontrolled touches in tight and, yeah. you know, the passes that were splayed out wide that just completely missed the mark. And yeah. like you said, they are just, I think they have more to lose um, by a set, like sitting back, soaking up pressure and losing the game effectively 1 0 than they do by going after it and losing by a few goals because it's not really going to jeopardize their position, uh, their position as second or no, third. The loss is the it's, loss. The loss is the loss, and finishing second or third is essentially the same thing in the Premier League, bar a few million pounds. Yeah, you know, we've saw West Ham drop points, so they're not really in this fight for fourth position at all. So yeah. go, just go for it, man. Yeah, just a real lack of intent. It seemed there was no pre- late in the game. I thought, why? Like, when are they going to start? like pressing when City, because obviously City dominate the ball, but you can get up in there, you can get in their faces, that force them to try and play around you, uh, but they didn't. They just kind of sat back and took it for the entire game and didn't really threaten. Um, for City, they weren't overly impressive. They've played much better recently, but as good teams do, like they do, they're just a like a, a machine that grinds out results. They really are. Yeah, they're just this artificial intelligence that is programmed to win. And it doesn't matter how it happens. 
it's just going to do it no matter what. And they're doing that thing mid-season where they get into this imperious run where they'll go 20 games and win almost all of them yeah. and just knock everyone else out of the competition. That's yeah. happening again. So Is they've now thing? put... Maybe. Nah, yeah. I mean, they are good to watch sometimes. Games like that on the weekend, they weren't great to watch, but they win anyway. Yeah, that, but that's not that does become fault. boring. I think it's I think it's Chelsea's fault that why that wasn't a good game. I guess so. Yeah. Um. Just yeah, I just don't know. Like that's now a thirteen point gap between them and Chelsea. Liverpool a little bit closer with like a game in hand or two, but I still mm. like it's very hard to see anyone pinning these guys back now. City's main concern, I think, now would be obviously they want to wrap up the league, but They'll be having an eye on the Champions League for sure. Yep. It's their season to win it, definitely. They probably they need to, I think. It's funny because there are two major European giants that need to win the Champions League this yeah. season, them and PSG. And you know, that could be a really frenetic final if they if those two you know find each other there. Yeah. I don't know why we say we they need to. Like what what happens if they don't? Or else. I, no, I think there is a bit of a need because then you can cast your eye on these projects, these you know state endorsed projects, and call them failures because they haven't done what they've set out to do. Yep. Or you know, you know very well that we would love to sit on here and call Man City and PSG failures, wouldn't we? We would yeah. love it. Yeah, it would be good, despite their league, you know, their national league dominance. I guess you know all this pride and all the all the. You know, all the glory is pinned on the European Champions League now. And if you can't yeah. do it, as you know, as a, as a sports washing venture, then yeah, you have failed. So long may it continue. Yeah. May you both be robbed by VAR in the semis. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put uh, $10 on Ajax to win it right now just because of moral <laughs> virtue. You do that, giving away $10. Um, there's I not really much. Often. There's not much else to talk about in Europe because there wasn't a lot of great football over the weekend. Eh, some stuff, some stuff happened. Some games. There was some people kicking balls. There was some goals. You know, some throw-ins, yeah. some fouls, a couple of yellows. You know, yeah, a bit of football, a bit of football. Um, should we we're bring a bit, it back? Um, yeah, no, I was going to say we're, we're just a little bit late on the Supercopa results because they happened just after we recorded, I think, last week. And they were, they were some good games, like uh, uh, Athletic and Atletico. Uh, that was a really good contest. Yeah, and Madrid, uh, Madrid-Barca, which was played in, like, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Bizarre. Crazy. Not ridiculous. It. That tells you everything you need to know Sport about washing. Uh, La Liga and the <laughs> people that run the game there. Because they're the same right. ones that really wanted this Super League with all the money, so... Now they're selling domestic fixtures to Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, decent games, that one. There was also the Italian Supercoppa. Um, Inter beating Juve with a 121st-minute winner, Alexis yes, Sanchez. Exactly. Yeah. But otherwise, the weekend fixtures, kind of dull. Uh, Sassuolo, Verona was a fun game, but other than that. Yeah. Dull weekend. Um, we'll bring it back home if you like. And we'll talk about uh, <laughs> our hero, <laughs> Adelaide United's two-all draw at home to Melbourne City. Uh, Adelaide shit still, or <laughs> or not? What a way to lead! Uh, I think yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I think we're shit. 
I think we're shit. No, we're just, we're shit, but we're kind of, we're wrapped up in a, like a gooey, tasty outer. But like, if you get, you know, once you bite through the, the you know, the nice marshmallowy bit, you get into the center and it's like this dull raisin nut thing. And you're just like, oh, this is tough and I can't chew it. This is terrible. I can't stand to have this thing in my mouth anymore. That's an interesting assessment. Um, we'll take it. We'll go with it. Um, you obviously weren't at the game because you were isolating still. Thank you, COVID. I was at the ground. So, again, different views on this. Um, but I thought we we probably deserved a draw on the weekend. But I still thought we were crap. But I thought we were good sometimes, but I still thought we were crap. Yeah, do something with that. We're just we're in this paradox of playing games that I feel like we should have won, but at the same time I'm looking at it and assessing it and thinking, but we're not very good. So should we have won? I I seriously think we should have won that game given the circumstances of the red card, the mis- yeah, penalty. I do too. Um yeah. but are are we a better team than Melbourne City? No. Uh did we play that well? I think kind of. I <sighs> Oh, dude, I don't know. I think the nature of the so goals, patchy. the nature of the goals scored in the game highlights. Oh yeah, probably, probably. The difference in quality. You had Melbourne City scoring two pretty clinical, well taken, well worked goals. We had Lecky squaring up Naboo for the first one. Um, can't remember who scored the second one, but a similar sort of circumstance. Ball squared in, good movement and finished. And then you had Adelaide getting like Craig Goodwin's cross. Intercepted by the keeper, but it falls to Blackwood, who has like two gobbles at it and oh, rolls man. it in. And even the second one was not convincing. Yeah. And then we got that penalty, which you know came about from a piece of really dumb defending. So I don't think George is going to get to that ball and score anyway. Nah, not at all. Pull, pulls him down by the shirt. Yeah, um, and it's then, like a dominance thing to just put your hand on his back yeah. and try and bring him back. Like, just let him yeah. go, man. It's George Blackwood. Had no need. And there was another defender there ready to clear the ball, um, which he did. That other defender did clear the ball. He did. That's exactly um, what happened, yeah. <laughs> and then, obviously, we did get an equaliser through another like, kind of scrambled goal. But, yeah, just don't know. I really don't know where we sit. I think it's similar to what I, what I said at the start of the season was we're, we are capable of getting these sort of points at home. Um. But now you're going through our season, and what do we have in the league this year? Like we have one win. We do have one win, yeah. and one win, and a massive a to bunch for. bunch of draws. Yeah, it's it's a weird season that I think is actually truly reflected by the league table. We have yeah one win and five draws. We've only lost twice in eight games, which is you would look at it on the surface and think, okay, we're having a decent season, but we're not showing any kind of consistency or like further to, you know, put together a run of results that are going to lift us up out of this slump. It's yeah. The two goals were not inspiring whatsoever, despite, you know, the fact Ibasuki coming in and scoring on debut is like a really good moment and could be, you know, the springboard perhaps for 10 plus goals for the back half of the season. (laughs) I won't be wagering on it. No, no, no. You keep your money in your pockets there. Timo, Timo Werner is going to rob you of, of your children's future. Yeah, it was a stupid bet. Um, for those playing at home, I need Timo Werner to score 11 goals in the Premier League this season. Otherwise, I owe people money. There's that. Um, 
I'm not going to make the same mistake with Hero, but wow, it's great to have like a signing just come in. Um, I was re- I was really <laughs> it prepared. Is, isn't it? I was prepared to make jokes about how, because when he got subbed on, we were waiting to take the penalty. And I was going to make jokes about immediate impact. Like we scored within seconds of him coming on. Yeah. (laughs) Direct involvement. Direct involvement. Um, But then he he ended up scoring anyway. um, And it was great. Another one of those good little high march moments you're happy to be there for. Yeah. It was kind of dirty on... Blackwood to win the penalty and then get immediately pulled off straight after. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Well. I saw someone online describe him as Adelaide's Matt Simon. And we said last week maybe uh, Ibasuki had stats that resembled Matt Simon. But I think George Blackwood is actually a way better comparison to Matty Simon, just without the entertaining aggro. Maybe. I think George has scored more goals. Oh, that would be a good stat to look up. All right. We'll, last, we'll come back last, next week. Uh, few years maybe maybe not last season oh, last season Matt Simon, Simon did has. score a few but yeah for a while there was a long time there where he was like he was at the best team in the league for three years and scored like four goals all right I reckon we should have a four-pack bet I reckon it's it's Matt Simon has more goals yeah in like what sort of period are we saying like how many like years? last three getting, years in the last three seasons yeah yeah no I, th- I think he has more in the last three seasons too Okay, last five seasons. <laughs> what last measure five. do you want? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm not. I'm not making bets. I told you, we're done. <laughs> um, the other positive I was going to mention was, um, oh man, I fucking love Bernardo. Oh, dude, how exciting is he? Isn't yeah. he just? You get that kind of your heart starts to race a little bit faster, and you're just like, oh, this guy could be anything, man. He could do anything on the field right now. Yep. Um, he's why you go to football. Guys like that. Very exciting to watch. I just hope we can work out uh, a way to balance the team with him in there and Lockie, get him in there as well, like Lockie Brook coming in. Um, I have an idea. Yeah, go on. You know how we've been talking about Adelaide playing with the false two strikers over the last few weeks? Yeah. Cavallo, Kaleni, Mork, et cetera. I think we're, we're kind of doing this just a little bit the wrong way around. We should have Bernardo. In the as one of the false two, with Brook on one side, Goodwin on the other side. Uh, you can play whatever false other striker you want in there. Torre if he's back, or maybe even Cavallo if you want. I read a good article yeah. on on the positives and sort of you know the the effectiveness of the false two, the Calvia false two, which is like something no one has really done in the world. You mean like two false nines is what you mean. Yeah, that kind of thing. yeah, the fo- the false two up front. Yeah, um, and it, you look at looks to have some benefits. They drew some sort of effectiveness out of the victory game. He didn't try it against um, uh, City, which I think probably played for the occasion. But you know, could be something to explore going forward. Bernardo playing up front. I think we may find the link out of him that we need because he just he's so direct, man. And if he can yeah. drop deep, pick up the ball, and run in central areas at centre backs and holding midfielders. That's going to be so dangerous. Yeah, potentially. Um, I think I'd rather see it continue out wide for now. I think it's a good option, particularly since we just lost Halloran. Uh, we've lost a bit of attacking punch on the wing. Um, but Bernardo, like, he ripped Scott Jamison a new one on the weekend. We were pretty heavy in our, uh, <laughs> in our yelling at Scott Jamison on the weekend. Um, good. 
Yeah. <laughs> Todd was up there with us, who I mentioned earlier. Um, your brother came and joined us, and we we're all just giving it to Scott Jamison because he flat out <laughs> stinks and should hang up his boots. He deserves it. He deserves yeah. every foul mouth tirade that he cops. There was one guy in the Western stand that every time the bull went dead and the crowd went quiet, he would yell out, Boo Jamison. <laughs> and it just, it sure it was made. Us. It could have been you guys. It just it made the first 20 minutes of the game. Uh, ours was much more uh, visceral than that. Um, we'll say that. Um, the other one is Irakunda came on uh, like a bit of a uh, yay or nay on this guy. He came on, looked sharp, had a few really good moments where he took Jamison apart as well after yes. Bernardo had skinned him for most of the game. But then also in that last... A uh, little patch where we were pushing to try and maybe get the win. Irakunda looked, um, he looked dead. He looked completely knackered and he'd only just came on, did a few big runs and then he kind of stopped trying to take them on or stopped trying to run at them and was just kind of looking to receive the ball flat-footed. It was, it was bizarre. But then is there a player there? I don't know. I'm not sure the kids hit puberty yet. It, like he is literally that young. Maybe he hasn't fully grown into his athletic ability because I think you would throw out a 15-year-old for 20 minutes against professional season pros. You know, the, the champions, yep. he has made every single run that you've asked of him and he's done all of the inverted and the, you know, the, the outward pulling motions that he's needed of him. Maybe he was just gas. Like, I would understand that. Yeah, he did look gas. He come on and just gave it his absolute all for 20 minutes yeah. and then couldn't give it for the last 10. I thought... He it wasn't, it wasn't that long. He was on for like 15, 20, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for the last five minutes, yeah, a little bit out of time. Um, I thought he was good. He's got that directness that you're looking for. You know, the kind of player that the Australian national team has been crying out for a guy that isn't scared. He just, he doesn't stop when he's on the ball and he, do, he continually keeps the ball moving in a forward motion and it's, it's unsettling for any kind of defender. Yeah. Um, another note last week, we talked about, uh, the problem of having like Isaiah San Juan Day, uh, but we talked about how much we enjoy both of those players, just not in the same position at the same time. The weekend was a perfect example. Juan Day looked excellent in that holding midfield road role. I'm not saying it should always be him there instead of Izzy. Uh, I think they're both probably on equal terms for that position. I would like to see maybe Izzy come in and take that position back and Juan Day go to center back. But either way, I just, I never want to see, I'm happy for them both to be on the park. I don't want them both in the same midfield again this season. Yeah. They can't do that similar pivot role in front of the back four. And yeah, I had the exact same note. I wanted to ask you, would you cut Izzy? Cause one day was voted uh, best on for us on the weekend. And he probably he was. was best on. He was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was great. It was totally effective going forward defensively marshaled everything. That is you know, that is the, the, the absolute positive of the tactic that we have when you, when you play one of them. Uh, why not just rotate them for the rest of the season? Just go one for yeah. one because they're going to they're gonna pick up bookings. They're going to get injured because they're older guys. They need to rest. Why not just go one for one? Um, yeah, you could maybe go one for one. I, I would still be happy to see us just try one day center back. And then when Izzy's not playing, he can play holding. I just I want to see us have a kind of a longer go at it. He's played there once this year, I think, maybe twice. Um, didn't look too bad. Didn't look too out of place. Um, obviously, we know he can pass. He's brilliant on the ball. And Jacob Trapp is not. Um, 
True. But yeah. So I don't know whatsoever. I would like I'd like to see us try it. I don't think we have anything to lose this season by just trying something trying like stuff. that now. Yeah. You know, um, and I'd much rather see us try that and try to get the four th- four three three with the midfield balanced properly working, especially now with like Lockie coming in, um, and then perhaps if that doesn't work, you can go to your two false strikers. Yeah, Kaledi like and, and Cavallo up front. No, well, I wouldn't take Kaledi out of midfield. I thought he had a great midfield game on the weekend. Uh, oh, the we're gonna we're gonna fight over this. You're not gonna like this. The commentary described uh, commentary team described him as nuggety, and I just thought oh. that was an insult. They were trying to call him a fat Connor Metcalf or something, and that is a chant reserved for us. Well, but we otherwise, can say I, those things exactly. You can't say it outside of our club. I thought he had a good game. He was enterprising, is how I would describe him. He ran yeah. fast and hunted midfielders, and I like that. We know he does that. I don't think he had a good game. He he did exactly what you just said. That's what he does. Uh, the problem for me is that's all he does. That's all he seems capable of. Um, you know, I guess I go back to that old thing we always say about, you know, you need players like this in your squad, I guess. At A-League level, you need players that have got the fitness and the ability to run with it. Uh, like to run with the speed of the game. Um, they may not necessarily be the most talented footballers though, but you, you kind of need, you need depth. So, you know, against, he played because we had a player out, but yeah. Maybe. I think against City, uh, it was tactically uh, the right player in midfield because how much City want to hold the ball in, the, in their diamond um, midfield. It was just the perfect setup. It was it nullified any sort of uh, control they had on the game. I think. So yeah, it works in patches. Like, but you don't saying. think that's maybe that was maybe an accidental outcome of it. You think that was oh, a probably delib- probably. Uh, see, I, I don't think it was a deliberate <laughs> tactical ploy. I think it's more just the hand was forced with who to pick, and yeah, you could definitely you could definitely make that argument that um, he was a good one to get in there. I hate to finish on a negative with Adelaide, but I tell you what. Um, Watching Steph Mork on the weekend was a bit tiresome, wasn't it? It is a little bit now. I wonder why we keep picking him. Surely his mind is 90% on the plane out of here. I don't know what's happened with his move, if it's actually happening or if it's fallen away. But on the weekend, he just, I don't know, just he, he can't play that 10 role. I think we know that no, now. Fuck no. We've known no. that all season. We've done that for so long as well. So long we've tried. Do we? Do we have another crack with him now that uh, Brooke is here and could potentially play as an attacking midfielder and Mort can drift back into doing that box-to-box thing with Isaias or Juanda holding midfield? I just I just don't think Mork's the player is not there enough of the time like he used to be. He doesn't have the same, mm. like, the player that he was is gone. Yeah. Um, he shows glimpses of it every now and again still or he'll have the odd game. But overall, like, he used to be so consistent. Like a week in, week out performer. Now yeah. he just kind of floats around the field. He's throws it in sometimes. Yeah. He's he's not as good as he thinks he is at the moment, which I think is the worst part because he sort of parades around the ground like he is the best player in the team. Yeah. Tried to take Craig Goodwin's penalty off him last week. And like you, you know, maybe you're wearing the armband at the moment, but you're not that guy. Yeah. No, agreed. Um it's yeah. kind of sad. It's a sad end to it is kind of sad. Mork's career, isn't it? Adelaide um, United. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too fussed if he goes. Like the only the, the issue is depth. We're not really blessed with players right now, but 
I think like if he wants to go and earn some cash, just go get it done. Just get out of it. here. Um, I don't really hold anything against him. He's just not the same player he was. Um, and it's unfortunate. Yep. I've got some good memories of Morg. Maybe better memories of Morg than I do of Halloran. But yeah. It's, it's, it's very typical of how he's treated Adelaide United, I think, over the last five, six, seven years. Yep. Always a springboard. Do you have anything else to talk about this week? Yeah, I've got a question for you. Would you Go have... Uh, Goodwin or Leckie in your Socceroos team? Oh. Given Leckie's downturn yeah. of form prior to this game where he probably did rediscover his, his finer touch, goal and assist. Oh, no, goal and assist, two assists. Was in, was in good form, was in good nick, but you know maybe came up against a weaker Adelaide United defence. Yeah. I, I, I don't know of either. Oh, that wasn't the question, though, was it? It's no, Leckie no, or Craig. No, no, I like this a little bit better. Who would you, who would you think instead of either of them? Because I mean, obviously, Leckie's not good enough at the moment. No, right? I don't, he hasn't shown enough to be. I'll picked. straight away rule out Leckie. I don't, I'm not sure he should be in the Socceroos squad anymore. I think it's been that way for a while, where we stopped kind of playing him in his natural position anyway, and we hoped he would be the striker that we've needed, and he just mm. can't do it. Never has been able to. Um, I think maybe, so I'd, I'm ruling him out, but would I take Craig in the Socceroos squad? Is Craig Goodwin good enough to be in the Socceroos squad? I don't know. At times, he certainly has, he's just, he's one of those players like we've always talked about. He's an impact player where he has, he will never, he never seems to run a game, but he is impact when he does get on the ball and he's looking lively, he will make things happen. Yeah. Can he make it happen at international level against some of those lower opposition sides we've played against? For sure, he could have been probably he could have been handy. Um, but you know, I think he's he'd be just a less a less lethal Martin Boyle. I think really. Yeah, that's probably a really fair assessment. The more that you were talking, the more I thought about it. Oh, it's kind of unfair actually to even put Craig in this contention right now because he's yeah. not he's not really in the chat, is he? He's not really at that level. And as much as I like everyone knows I fucking love Craig Goodwin. He's my favorite Adelaide player. Um, has been for a while. I think even when he left, he was still my favorite. <laughs> but he's back. He's back, baby. Um, he's back for good, man. Yeah, but I just as much as I love him, I think dominating that A League when he can is probably his level. That's his ceiling. I don't think he has much of a more of a ceiling. That's all. Yeah. I think maybe we can just point to the bigger injustice is that if Leckie gets picked ahead of Goodwin for this Socceroos squad, there's all sorts of problems with the selection criteria. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that would be fair. That's a fair point. Um, that just reminded me also as well, like Craig Goodwin, the chance for Craig Goodwin, what does he have? Like one, two caps? Yeah, a it's, a, it's a small amount. It's a very small amount. And I think there was a long period there where there where he was hard done by. We're probably going back like three, four, maybe five seasons. Maybe now. even longer, yeah. Yeah. I think a little bit where longer. Uh, timelines get away from me. I'm not very good with them. But Craig was like You gotta remember how old we are. <laughs> when he was playing in the Netherlands and stuff, uh, he was a key part of that team. Uh I don't know, he deserved a lot more of a chance than he ever got. And now 
I think it would be unfair to give him the chance now and then oh, and him right. not be up to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. No, I yeah. agree with that. And he's got really not a lot of time to capitalize on any he's, sort of chance given to him now. Yeah. Well, he's like 29, going 30. He's a year older he's than me. He's 30 now. Is yeah. he 30? Has he turned 30 yet? I think he's 30 now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's so, got five Socceroos caps. Five, yeah. And that's that's not enough when you consider some of the left backs we had playing. <laughs> Brad Smith. But yeah. Even maybe oh, well. as is Vage right now. Oh, see, yeah. Well, this, this, that's an argument for another day. Yeah, it's not international weekend yet. Yeah. We'll save that. Yeah. A couple of big Socceroos games coming up. Yeah. But yeah, maybe love just- Craig. Love Craig, yeah. I was going to say, maybe just one last touching point. Go on. Have you watched any of the um, the Women's League over the weekend? I did not. Oh, I saw I saw the later stages of the Adelaide game because we were there. Mm, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, they lost, right? Yeah, 2-1. To late defeat. Yeah. That's a bummer. I'm, the Wellington Phoenix ladies almost won their first game on the weekend. And um, uh, they... They scored a couple of bangers and just like just the pure like jubilation and excitement and shock on the on the footballers' faces when they scored goals was insane. Like this women's league is so pure and innocent and just like so much fun. Yeah. I'm finding myself with all of the A-League games postponed tuning into more and more of them. And it is definitely uh like two hours well spent for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's football. It's two teams out on a field with a ball. We'll watch it. Can Oath, yeah. And this, you know, coming up to the uh, Matilda's Asian Cup uh, campaign, you know, some of these girls were playing for spots. So it was competitive. It was good to watch. Lots of goals. I'm enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying it. It's definitely filling the gap of the A-League's men's if they can ever get their shit together. Yeah, 100%. Um, Sounds like a good positive note to finish on this week. Yeah. Yeah, we don't do that often. Yeah, we 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 love a good win. Uplifting moment. Yeah. Ah, ah. Everyone, right. everyone cuddle, except for me because I've got three days left of Izo. Yeah, you might still have COVID yet, so fucking don't hug anyone. All right. <laughs> we'll you get me a rat. We'll catch you next week. Bye. See you. <laughs>